What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. I'm your host, Greg. You're listening to episode 264. We are back after a week off and a bunch of schedules that didn't line up. Ryan seems to be pumped. We have a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about, uh, but how are you? I'm pumped. That was a great game today for those that aren't, but once they finally hear it, they'll figure it out. Doing this after the Seattle game, beautiful win. Loved yeah, we it. record after an actual game, so it'll be a timely episode. Instead of during a game, so I'm not just cursing off the world in the background this whole time and getting distracted like by a squirrel. No, it was, it was a hard-fought win. Back-to-back big wins. They needed them on, on a road trip. Couldn't be happier right now. Yeah, uh, a couple of uh, good wins in a row after a couple of kind of bad losses in a row. So it's good to see that they're kind of trending in the right direction. Definitely doing well. Definitely glad to see that they're, I don't want to say they've turned it around, but it seems like they're they're playing a little bit more sustainable hockey, especially even that that Seattle game that I didn't see a whole lot of. Um, did see the highlights and stuff. So just definitely interesting to see that they they were able to go into Seattle and kind of steal that game, really. I mean, that that's that's a pretty big win if you look at it. I mean, Tampa's losing right now, I believe, 2 nothing to Ottawa, so. Hopefully that is a big thing for the wings. Toronto obviously already won. So, yeah, I think that's what we're kind of hoping out of Ottawa right now is that they just play spoiler. They're not, they're not even going to be close to the playoffs, but if they could just beat the teams that we need them to beat, that would be just a huge help for us. Uh, Like you said, they're beating the lightning right now. And if they could do that, the red wings are what one point behind the lightning for first wild card. Tampa has 65 points. Red wings have 64 right now. The wings, after oh wings have a game in hand too 29 wins 20 losses tampa has 30 wins 21 losses but today the red wings won four to three against the seattle kraken with goals by lucas raymond uh ben Sherratt in ot mo cider and daniel sprong and it was if not for alex lyon the red wings would have lost that game probably eight to three that's how many turnovers they had that's how bad they were in the defensive zone for a lot of the game he stood on his head besides the one goal where he fell on his back and the red wings were able to come out like uh with a win but like tyler said after like two really bad games against vancouver and edmonton you dominate calgary you play decently enough to win against seattle but you get those points And the way that the East is right now, you need the points because you are now four points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs because despite the Morgan Riley suspension, they keep winning, which is super duper sad for us. But I mean, you hope at some point their goaltending takes a little bit of a hit and they maybe start to lose some more games and and tighten up the race there because Jersey's on your heels at 60 points. The Islanders are at 58. That's a little more ground, but I think New Jersey and Tampa are the ones you're going to be fighting with, I think, for those wild card spots. The Seattle win, absolutely huge for the Red Wings today, even though maybe they didn't deserve to win that game. Uh, that's a good way to end that. Maybe they didn't deserve to win it because for all intents and purposes, they started out as what, 8 nothing at one point in, in the shot category at the start of the game. And then they just managed to get a goal is kind of the way I'm going to put it which offset what was going on, but they, they were buzzing. Was it a full 60? That's probably debatable. But at the same time, they weathered the storm. And you mentioned Lion falling. He fell t- down two different occasions today. Both looked like just an awkward trip, like he just caught his edge and went down. 
Yeah, at first I thought he was shoved on the the fall where the goal went in, and then I looked at it, it's like, no, he poked a guy with his stick, and then he fell down. Well, it was like also a great shot fake by the Seattle defenseman, too. It, it brought him in hook, line, and sinker, and then when he went for that adjustment, boom, straight down. But uh, no, to, to come out with four points out of eight, I think on that kind of road trip, to me, is acceptable. Because you're playing two of the top teams in the West right there with Edmonton and Vancouver. You can say that they were bad games, but I'm really not that upset about them because you you ran into Edmonton at home. That's a tall task in its own. And then McDavid had one of the best games of his career. It's really too difficult for me to be pissed off about that one. Vancouver, you could go either way with that. But again, just a top team in the league at the top team in the league at home. So it is what it is. The fact that they they salvaged four, you've, you're still second in the wild card, potentially knocking on that number one wild card spot with Tampa. What I like to see, though, that plus that goal differential keeps creeping up a little bit. We're back to a plus 15. Yeah, 5-0 shutout, 4-0 shutout, whatever it was on Calgary. Definitely helps them a little bit. But kind of like what we looked at before, the teams with the positive goal diff, you start hearing that conversation with the uh, the playoffs. It gets a lot more real at this point. Now, New Jersey is only a minus two. They're knocking on the door. And Philly's at a plus two, though, on their side in the Metro. I think if we can keep pace with that third spot in the Metro, which we're one point off Philly at this point and with a game in hand, that's, I think, almost more important than the wild card. If we stay at least one ahead of them, I think we're in a good spot no matter what happens. Yeah, and they have a couple tough games coming up. At least we have two days off before we go against the Avalanche on Thursday. You've got the Avs again on March 6th. You've got the Panthers on March 2nd. You've got Vegas on March 9th. But past that, your season really starts to lighten up. And I think the Red Wings, after the next week or so, will have one of the lighter schedules in the league, which is only going to help them down the stretch. I feel like last season we hit a bear of a schedule towards the end, even after the trade deadline, where it just got harder and harder is where it seems like this time it's it's the opposite. Our schedule is going to get easier, which should help in our favor, especially getting a couple days off in between to give the guys a break to kind of reset. Like I said, I think that's what Alex Lyon needed after he had some pretty rough starts. Uh, he was supposed to not play. Huso was supposed to play. Huso re-hurts himself. He's week to week with a different lower body injury than what his initial injury was. And Lyon had to come in cold. He lost that game. And then the next game, he kind of stumbled a little bit. So he needed to have some time off. He got that time off look sharp today. He'll get another couple games off, and we'll see what happens against the Avalanche, whether uh, Reimer starts when he had a shutout against Calgary or Lyon starts, who looked really good today. Yeah, so on the uh, schedule point, what a week, two weeks does for your team? Because last time Pete put it out there, I forget when it was, a week or two ago, maybe two weeks, Detroit was like 8th or 10th in the remaining strength of schedule. They've now dropped to 22nd. So that's they've a huge, still got huge gap. Big games coming up. What, two against Florida for the remainder of the year, New York, Colorado, two against Colorado, like you mentioned. Uh, one for Carolina, one with Vegas, and one with Toronto. But then they've got several games against teams that you need to beat. Two with Arizona, two with the Habs, and three with Buffalo, which that one actually scares me more than it probably should. Just offset one of those. You got one against the Blue Jackets. You've got one against the Preds. I mean, just offset them a little bit. It'll be fine. Yeah, I know. I think that 
you know, the fact that you guys were up to touch on just the strength of schedule real quick, just like the fact that they're, they're 64 points, they're at 64 points in the last wild card spot, one point behind Tampa who has 65 points in the, the first wild card. And you've gotten through what, what kind of looked like a gauntlet of December and January. And now, as, as you said, it's starting to lighten up and, and, and all of that. The playoffs look more and more realistic. Every time you think this team's going to fall flat on their face, they respond with a big win like they had in Calgary and then another big win as they had today against Seattle. No, they did not play their best hockey today, but they never really trailed. They, In fact, I don't think they did trail in today's game, right? They didn't. So the fact that they were able to kind of get dominated in the first period and kind of get it figured out as the game went on and, and still find a way to get not just one point. They got two points in that game. And of all guys to score a goal, Ben Sherratt scores the overtime winner. Uh, I mean, bullet. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see. And, and, you know, with the plus 15 goal differential, they're, they're right in it. Do I expect that they're going to win around? I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing right now. If they're going to play games like that, that they played today, they have a chance. Does that mean that they're going to win a series? If they can do stuff like, if, if they can play that style, I think they could. However, you can't get outplayed like that. You can't start slow like that because when you start slow, we've seen it in the playoffs. The last time we played Tampa, it seemed like every game was 3 nothing before you could even you know, blink your eyes. And I know that was different Red Wings. That was a different Tampa. But you know, just kind of putting it in that perspective. Now, I think that if you, if you look at this team right now, they, I think they're a backup goalie away from being a playoff team. I really do believe that. I think Reimer, they have the backup goalie they need for that type of run. You so you think it's Reimer then? Right now, yeah, it's it's got to be. I don't think you can go into the rest the rest of this season thinking that Billy Huso is going to be reliable for you, especially when it comes down to the playoffs. I'd say you're a defensive defenseman away from a run is what you are. You might be right about that too. Uh, is that internal though? Or is that, do you have to go out to the organization and get something like that? I think you to, to go for one for a run in the playoffs, you'd have to go outside the organization, but I don't think that's what they're trying to do. They're not trying to say, yes, we're all in on playoffs. Give me that defensive defenseman so we can go try to win a cup. They're just going to try to make it. They make it. They, whatever they do is just absolute bonus hockey. Uh, if they make it to the playoffs, I, they're not going to mortgage anything. And if they do try to do something like me and Ryan talked about a couple weeks ago is it's maybe sell off a couple pieces to try and improve from within, but you're not going to go out and, and try and like I said, what, what would it take to get Brandon Carlo from the Bruins? Uh, maybe you do try and get a Hannafin if you don't have to give up a whole ton, but you're not going to mortgage your future and mortgage your pipeline to try to make a run in the playoffs. You're just going to try to get there. And then whatever happens, happens. And, and the guys have said that they think they'd be a really tough team to beat in seven. Yeah, I, I would agree there. The, the only thing that scares me, and we see it more often than not, is we've got, I think, decent team speed. But some of these teams we're going to face in the playoffs make us look like tortoise in the hair. And that's where I think it scares me. Like, to your point about if we made a trade defensively, First of all, like we said a couple weeks ago, it's going to be very difficult. And if you want to improve from within, 
I think that there's pieces there that absolutely make you a faster team while also improving you defensively and potentially offensively. That's where you look at like what we spoke about, Edvinson, Johansson, Volander. All three guys can do it at both ends of the ice, but they also are amazing skaters. However, is that what you want to be relying upon for that playoff push? And then going into the playoffs are guys that are 22 and under making their first big league appearance, technically. I mean, Ed, yes, he's been up for a few, but now you're like, hey, no pressure. Go out there, win us some games, play the best guys in hockey now in your first events. I think it depends on what kind of hockey player you are. Because if you look at certain players... Well, that's the easy way out, yeah. I, I, I understand. But what I'm saying is, you know, you have seen some of these... And I know college is a little bit different, but you have seen some of these college guys. Kale McCart, obviously freak. Charlie McAvoy, also a freak. But some of these college guys have come out and, and their first NHL game is in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, no pressure at all. So I'm not saying that it's I mean, it's arguably you could put Danny DeKaiser in this boat. Yeah, exactly. But but the other thing is, too, where I think Johansson, Volander, and Johansson are, sorry, and Edmondson have a leg up on that. They're playing in the AHL. They're already playing with men. They're already playing at a high level. They played men. in Probably the SHL the before that, too. Yeah. Bingo. So I think they could handle it. Not saying that you put all that burden on them, but if someone were to go down, they would have to come up anyway. So I think at some point you're going to have to see those guys uh, push or shove. Now the, the, your argument is fair though, because you know, they're, they're playing down in Grand Rapids. I know Grand Rapids is playing better right now than they were um, previously. They're in a playoff hunt. Yeah, They're in a playoff hunt too, but they're coming up and they'd have to be part of a playoff hunt in, in, in the national hockey league at the highest level. That's a lot to put on a young guy like that. Yeah, I think the way you look at it, though, is like get him in and get him experience. That's what this season's about. Getting If they get in, it shows guys like Larkin and guys like Cider and Raymond, your core guys, that they can do it. That they have a team right now, even though it's not a team that is built to make a run in the playoffs, with the talent that they have, they can make the playoffs. They've all taken that next step. And that's what this season's about. Get in. Make whatever noise you're going to make, play five games, six games, seven games, and then figure out in the offseason what you need to do to take another step forward, who you can do without, who you can bring in from Grand Rapids to improve this team further. And then I think that also gets buy-in from free agents. You say, wow, the Red Wings, they've taken that next step. They're making noise. They've got a team that can do stuff. Their core is performing. I want to go join that. I want to be part of that culture. Does it make someone like Patrick Kane stay if he stays healthy for the rest of the season? Does it make him stay another two, three years? Does it make him sign longer here? Because he sees what can happen and what the team is doing. And I think that that's, that's the important part for this season. I think we should be talking less about what pieces do we need to try to win a Stanley Cup and talking more about what do we need to do just to make the playoffs and then where do we go from here? And if we look at the season, this season compared to last season, uh, this season, like I said, through 55 games, we're 29, 20, and 6. And last season, through the same amount of games, we were 26, 21, and 8. And the big difference is that that scoring. I think they said on the broadcast today, two people on the fourth line have over 10 goals, which is what you need is that depth. 
It's that even-handedness. If you had better defensive play throughout the whole season, I mean, you'd probably, you'd definitely be above Tampa. Or you'd definitely be above Tampa right now. You'd probably be above Toronto right now. You'd probably be sitting third in the division if you just had solid, consistent defensive play all season. Am I wrong? No, that's or, the problem. No, yeah. you're absolutely right. That's the crazy part. That's the problem. You got, there's two issues, right? There's the defensive play and the start, the starts. They, they, they still have an issue of starting on time. And I don't know if that's the coaching staff. I don't know if that's the players. I don't know if that's a combination of everything, but they need to, it, it, like, we talk about this playoff run that they're about to go on or potentially go on. You can't start down three, nothing in the playoffs and think you're going to come back or even in a playoff race. You can't be like some of these games. You just look at the schedule at Colorado, home against Colorado, even even at a team like versus Florida, who might be the best team in the NHL right now, the way they're playing. Um, you still have two with Florida. So, like, you can't go to those games down three nothing in the first period and think you're going to come back against teams like that because it's just not going to happen. So that's that's another issue, in my opinion. No, I feel like that's what they're trying. Like, maybe they're testing and this is like just fun maybe they're testing themselves they're like man we need to go down three to nothing and then see if we can do this third period comeback they're getting like really good at third period comebacks but like you said it's not something you can go into the playoffs and not do. sustainable you know is is get yourself in a hole even like what the rangers did yesterday coming back and beating the islanders in, in overtime or what the wild did today coming back yeah, and beating that's vancouver not sustainable you know I think right now the Red Wings, where we can leave it, is that the Red Wings are in a good spot to keep pushing. They're winning when other teams are winning, and then you're just hoping that, like I said, people like Ottawa can play spoiler for some of these teams like Toronto and the Tampa Bay Lightning to kind of push their points down so that we can start to leapfrog some people. Yeah, when we started this season, in my head, this is where I figured we would be. And I think a lot of people, I would hope, I think a lot of people were at, at around that same mindset. Now, there's way too many, I thought, that were on the it's playoffs or bust type bandwagon, which I don't blame you for it. In the way of sports today is if you're not winning, you're losing, obviously. But then that's a failure, meaning now you want to see heads roll because you're not. it's not happening to your liking. I've been that way. Tyler's been that way. Greg's been that way. We've all reacted in this in some fashion. Now, do we take it to a even more macro level and do that game to game sometimes? Sure. But that's because that's how we try sports not to. Are. Yeah. However, that's why the games are played is because now you can look at them one by one and be like, yeah, that sucked. That was stupid. And you're an idiot. I hate you. Then the next game, it's the complete opposite. Bipolar in, in sports are a thing. but. There also is a realization of, you know, what is and isn't appropriate to be doing. And to me, and I, I'm not going to speak for everyone, the expectation for this team, and I said this, I think, from when we did our preseason picks and we're talking about the over-unders and all that, that the expectation should be this team should be fighting for a wild card. By the coming into the last two, three weeks of the season, if we're having that conversation, this is a successful year right now. We're getting to that closer to that point. And I am starting to think that I'm leaning toward this being a successful season. Now there, the wheels could still fall off. Things could still go sideways. I get that. 
But to be in this conversation at this point, Detroit at this point last season was sixth in the wild card race. Now they were only three points out. But again, like I go back and look through some of these stat lines, we're several less in terms of the win category. We're at a minus seven at this point last season for goal differential. Already things that were lining up against what this team was doing compared to what you look at right now. I wish I could see what the uh, power play and penalty kill percentage was because at the moment we're at a 23-2 power play, 82 PK, which if you do the uh, Scotty Bowman math, that puts you over 100%, which puts you in a pretty damn good spot when it comes to trying to make a playoff run. The difference between three points out of the playoffs, Ryan, and four points above the next team in the wild card is like four games. Like that's a four game Huge. difference. And that's a, yeah. like, like it's a huge difference down the stretch when you're that far ahead now from where you were last season. Um, it's just really, I guess it's just really exciting because there's nothing more we want than playoffs in Detroit. We want to be down there at a playoff game. We want to be able to not wear jackets when the Red Wings are playing hockey. I think that's like, the I want to be going to a playoff game when the or playoff watch party while the NFL draft and Tigers baseball is going on this, this spring. We want to be hosting a playoff watch party, That's which it. I'm trying to get together with the guys from Lockdown to do some watch parties uh, next season. Saw that. Love it. But to the, uh, the standings point, though, looking at last year, so the Atlantic was a silly bitch. Boston at this point was already at 89 points. Toronto was right behind them with 76. And then third place in the Atlantic at this point was Tampa with 73. We were 13 points out of the third spot last year at this point in the season. Currently, we are four. Yeah, it's phenomenal. That's huge. You take we, it. Now, this is finally what we've been hoping for, I think, the last two seasons, that there would be a little bit more of a tighter race in the Atlantic. So we're finally seeing that to an extent. But Boston and Florida are still on the, their freaking steroid rush or something. I don't know what's going on there. But I don't think Boston's as good as a lot of people think they are. I think that that a lot of what they have done, yeah, it's impressive, but like, I just don't, I don't look at that roster and say that's a Stanley Cup champion. Like, that just doesn't look like it. I mean, well, you're right right now President's East. Trophy, President's Trophy teams don't win Stanley Cups. Yeah, they show no, that. I, I, I know that. that, but but even their roster last year had Bergeron and Krejci and those guys, and like, they don't have those guys anymore. And in fact, they're. Their team is a lot worse, I think, in my opinion. They have, like, James Van Riemsdyk and, like, Kevin Shattenkirk and, like, these guys, like, actually having, like, a weirdly decent year. It's just, like, a lot of these teams have kind of come back to the pack. I know Florida's kind of doing what they're doing. Boston's doing what they're doing a little bit. But, but like, even Toronto's come back to the pack a little bit. Tampa has come storming back to the pack. Tyler, so, you forget the main point, though. Boston wins because of their goaltending. That is the yeah, one right. thing they you're have right. above the rest of the league. is, And they, they have a solid defensive core. Yeah, they've got like two of the top five goaltenders, basically, in the league that are that are consistently good. And Don't that is why they Austin win Ryan's so much. Dad right that. What? <laughs> he fucking hates the Bruins decor. I'm like, you know what we would do in Detroit to have a decor like Boston does? Yeah, we'll take, they, he, they can take our bottom three. We'll take their bottom three. Yeah, let's do a quick swap. That sounds like an even trade. I got one more question before we go to break, though. If you are Patrick Kane, have the Detroit Red Wings done enough for you to extend here and possibly finish your career here? I would say yes. And a lot of that, I think, boils down to to Debrinkit. But 
I think that there is enough in place in the way that this offense has maintained what it's got going on with him in the lineup and the way that he has been embraced by the team itself, knowing that several of those pieces he's playing with will be here for an extended period of time. I think that sells a guy like him who, for all intents and purposes, hasn't lost a step to want to try to, if not come close to, finishing out his career here. Yeah, I agree. I think he's been a great fit. Obviously, the injury slash setback was a little bit of a, a disappointment, but, you know, maybe, a setback. completely different. No, no, no. I know it was a different, different uh, injury, but but basically what I mean was he didn't play for a little while. And maybe that's good for him, honestly, because he looked rejuvenated out there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it goes down the stretch. I think if he's putting the puck in the back of the net and, and stuff like that, but he's for a lot of people think, you know, he's this great goal scorer and he is, he's a damn good facilitator. He's a damn good facilitator when it comes to anything. Um, that cider goal today was a seam pass from, from Patrick Kane. Okay. That cider thing today was Patrick Kane's slowest, most lazy pass to Mo cider who just rocketed it directly into the net. But it, it came on the heels of an amazing cross ice pass. It, to that's what I'm talking it about. Did. The first one. Yeah. Yeah, but if he was just like, all right, I'm just gonna chill here because no one's around me. Oh, look at Mo coming in, nice and fast. There you go, bud. But yeah, I think I think the the, the young core, the Debrinket factor, the fact that he's not too far away from from Buffalo, um, as he was in Chicago. I know he's a you know th- like location is important to him. He played his minor hockey here. What did he play for the Little Caesars or, or Belt Tire? One of those. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think that there's a strong possibility that he resigned. I don't think it'll be until July one. Um, but would you be surprised if it happened now? Or like soon? I don't see it happening during the season. I don't either. I think they have to get Raymond and Cider figured out first, uh, which we might talk a little bit towards the end of yeah, the episode, sure. but I think you yeah. guys are right. And I think we have to take a minute to admit that when we said on a previous episode that there was not a fit on the team for Patrick Kane, not that he wouldn't make the team better, but there wasn't a fit because we had what we had. I think we were wrong. Uh, we can admit when we are yeah, there's wrong. Still thinking there, we there was definitely a eat some crow moment here. We can admit when we're wrong, and uh, we'll take that because Patrick Kane has done everything you could have asked him to do in coming here. And that I think I agree with you guys that I think the Red Wings have done enough for him to extend here and, like I said, possibly finish his career in Detroit. I just want to say one thing about Patrick Kane. You look at certain guys that are just not built to to last in the NHL. Yeah, is he as fast as he once was? No. But he's still got good hands. He's still got good vision. He still has a really good shot. You saw the one-timer against Calgary the other day. Um, he's still a world-class player. He's still the same guy. Oh, the one he rang off the crossbar today. Yeah, th- that was a rocket. So, like, he's still... A damn good hockey player. He's obviously not the player he was when he was in Chicago, but he's still damn good, and he still can help your team win. He's at the point now when Z was toward the tail end of his career. Yep, that he knows minus when to turn the back on. issues. Yep, yeah, minus the back issues. But he, we know the skating's there. The brain hasn't left him, and the hands haven't left him. No, is it going to be the quickness all the time and and being able to fight guys off pucks? No. But you can also see, and I noticed this a little bit today even, there is a respect factor from other teams when he's got the puck still to either not play him as hard, but they're also afraid to try to go hit him 
because of the way he has been showing that he can still escape things pretty quickly and, and then make a play. Because if you give him a little bit and you're too tight to him, he's either putting it through your feet or he's not getting through your stick and then making a hitting the guy at the point of the sword. Yeah, they know that if they tie up Patrick Kane, they're leaving open who Patrick Kane is trying to get the puck to. And that yeah. is, that's the thing, is that they're not trying to hit him as hard, and I think that's more of they need to be able to pivot at the last second. If they need to pivot, they can't fully commit to the hit because then they're taking away from the play. And, I mean, Patrick Kane in 24 games played has nine goals and 14 assists for 23 points. So he could finish this season, oddly enough, on a point-per-game pace uh, after coming in midway through the season. And that would be really cool. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break for a word from DraftKings. Uh, we'll be right back to talk a little bit about outdoor games, all-star games, and if we have enough time, uh, future contracts for Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. We'll be right back after a word from DraftKings. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. And right now, we might be taking the Red Wings to lock up that second wild card position in the East. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-878-9777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. We're back, and we have more Red Wings news that was announced while we took a short hiatus. Probably the biggest and news of the year. I, yeah, yeah, big, well, biggest news, I guess, for us of the year, or most exciting, not normal hockey news that we get. If we were the other team, it'd be the biggest news of the year. Yeah, because they suck. But the Detroit Red Wings will be playing the Columbus Blue Jackets on March 1st, 2025 at the Horseshoe in Ohio. And um, it'll be be one of the only times that year that I go to Ohio. Uh, it might be the only time I ever go to Ohio State, uh, but it will be the Detroit Red Wings fifth outdoor game. The last outdoor game was a 5-4 shootout loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Actually, their only two losses in outdoor games came in shootouts to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, a little bit of trivia. Do you know who scored the game-winning goal in the Detroit Red Wings' first outdoor game against the Chicago Blackhawks? January 1st, 2009. Was it Yuri Hoodler? It was not. Was it? It was Datsuk. No, it was not. It was Brian Rafalski. Was it? Wow. Brian Rafalski scored the game-winning goal where the temperature was 32 degrees with an attendance of 40,818 at Wrigley Field. Where's the Winter Classic next year? Chicago. Wrigley. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. it's That's... How embarrassing. I mean, okay, so I, I've... I've been angry about this not being the actual winter classic, but the more I've seen comments about it, the more I get that it actually is better that it isn't going to be January 1st because that you're going into the year with the expanded college football playoff, 
you are now trying to go against even higher level possible games at this point. I mean, unless they change the schedule, but we don't know what that's going to be. Well, for the college football playoff, it's not January 1st. There's nothing going on that weekend? Ah, uh, there's one. Oh, sorry. Yep, quarterfinals. Capital One Orange Bowl early afternoon, Rose Bowl late afternoon, and then All-State Sugar Bowl evening. Okay, so I lied, so never mind. Yeah, it's called the New Year's Six for a reason. <laughs> yep. Yep. So those are those are the quarterfinals. So that's the second round of the college football playoff. Yeah. So I, I like the fact that they actually are going to be avoiding it because I don't know how how they're doing home games next year. It could be Michigan for a home game, Ohio, Ohio State for a home game. And now you've got two of your main fields potentially for a winter classic. Obviously, Michigan's not Michigan Stadium, not a part of it this time, but it makes sense in that idea because now you're not dealing with the ratings fiasco march 1st you're not quite to baseball yet you're still going through i mean met life this weekend with the two games that they had there was awesome because they had what 70 at one hundred and fifty thousand people between the two games did you see that they hired people to be uh to to walk around walk their dogs around the park because they basically turned the inside of it into a park with like a walking path and they hired people to walk around it yeah that's awesome. No, I, I was able to catch glimpses. I wasn't able to watch all of it, unfortunately, speaking because of a softball tournament. But you think about now, though, you're going to have the number two attendance of all time for a hockey game. Because if they somehow managed to beat Michigan Stadium, I'd actually be amazed. But I think the max for a football game between Ohio State and Michigan has been 110 and some change. So you're thinking 105 to 110,000 people now for a Blue Jackets and Red Wings game. Dude. On top of the potential of having Ohio State, Michigan on the ice there, because they did a stadium series similar setup last season or two years ago in Cleveland. So now you've got the potential of that. Then you've got the chance for maybe a Grand Rapids and Cleveland Monsters game on top of Ohio State. And I don't know if the women's side gets that, man, College hockey is almost over at this point. Like, and, and it's, it's, February 19th right now. So you might not even have a chance to play that game. Well, I'm just wondering if Ohio State women would be able to play, but Michigan's women's isn't a NC, they're not D1 level. So I don't, that's the only thing that sucks because that would be a huge game. That could be a record breaker for a women's game right there. Or you bring in the PWHL next season to it. I, I lied. The, um, the last game for Michigan this year. In, in college hockey is against Minnesota March 1st and 2nd. So I guess it could work out technically. That could be yeah. an end of your matchup. Yeah, that would yep. be sweet. Um, but speaking of attendance, the uh, game at the big house on January 1st, 2014 had an attendance of 105,491. So hmm. if the shoe fits 110, then there Ooh. is a possibility to beat it, especially I think if you do add in those other... Now, I don't think a... Red Wings Blue Jackets alumni game is going to be as riveting as a Red Wings Maple Leafs Who's alumni Federoff game. playing for? Federoff might not be playing at all. Well, he might still be <laughs> coaching at that point, right? If they're in the playoffs. But I think KHL, it, yeah. it has the opportunity to be a really, really good game. And my question is, are they doing this for the Red Wings because it's been since, what is it, 2017 since they've had an outdoor game? What, the centennial? They, yeah, which is the centennial classic. Or are they doing this for the Red Wings because they recognize that they're a team on the rise? They're a team that's getting better. They've got young guys that are really interesting in this league and, and making headway. 
because we know they're not doing it for that reason for the Blue and Jackets. And potentially Patrick Kane. Yeah, well, potentially. I, I'd also argue they're doing that similarly for, and it's it's going to sound stupid in a way, but you've got the same type of impact potentially with Columbus. With the youth that they've got They have there, a ton of prospects. So many good young players in that system. Yarmo sucks for him. He fell victim to it. But at the same time, they if it wasn't for injuries that decimated them at the start of this season, they could very well be actually not I, w- I wouldn't say in the wild not card, but garbage they're not at is the what very you're bottom. They're not going to be complete garbage, yes. And like I think that's a respectable team on paper. Much kind of like how what we thought we of us over the last several of years, but it just this is where we were at was in their exact same spot. So you take coming into the next season, if Detroit continues on this path, if Columbus has a good offseason, this could be a great matchup right around the the uh the trade deadline. Yeah, I, I think one thing that a lot of people aren't talking about. Like, yes, the Blue Jackets have a pretty big fan base, but I'll tell you what, man, the Wings fans are going to travel in droves, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's 60-40 Detroit fans or even higher. Yeah, it, that, you know, I think... That might be a home game for the Wings is what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it'll be sometimes how it has it, over the last several years when Toronto's in town. I think it's going to look very similar to what it looked like when when Toronto plays in Buffalo like virtually almost a home game for the Maple Leaf, which I mean, Hey, whatever. I, I, I think there's enough blue jackets fans and, and Ohio people that are sports fans in the state of Ohio that are like, okay. But if the wings are say like the second best team in the East or like a, a top five team in the East and Columbus is like one of the worst teams in the NHL. Oh man, look out, look out. Cause, cause I don't think people remember what it's like for the wings when they're good. I don't think a lot, and I'm I'm not saying us, we know, but I'm talking about the NHL and fans of other teams. I remember going to Bruins games here in Boston when the wings were in town in like 03, 04, and it was a home game for the wings. Now you see a lot of Red Wings fans, but it's not to what to that level because Boston's really good and Detroit has kind of been floundering over the last couple of years. No, because it's about getting the new generations of fans. That's what it but is. That's true. People people latch on to teams like new fans of the game latch on to teams that are good. When the Red Wings are at that level, and they will be within the next couple of years because they got building blocks and pieces to go up while other teams like Tampa are missing pieces and are going to drop. Teams Austin. like Toronto are screwing themselves one way or another and what they're doing is not sustainable. They're going to drop. Boston will end up dropping and then the Red Wings of the world and the Florida Panthers should still be able to stay relevant during that time. So you got to figure that the top teams will end up being us, Florida, and probably the Sabres. That's what's going to, because the Sabres had an uncharacteristically terrible first part of the year to where they should not have been as bad as they were, but they started. They always do this. They always do this. They always either start out really hot and then they fall flat on their face or they, they do what they're doing now and they start playing better. But just just to go into the outdoor game thing, just really quickly, the fact that they're, they're finally giving us an outdoor game, the fact that it's finally Michigan, Ohio, you, you know, the Red Wings and the Blue Jackets. Um, That's the, the interesting. Part. The interesting part will be 
what are the wings going to wear for uniforms? Because I know this is ridiculous and I don't think it would happen. I've seen it floated. I know you're going to say, and I hate you it. Shut your I hate mouth it too. right now. I hate it too. I hate it too. But I'll say one thing. Jeff Merrick said it on the Jeff Merrick show and, and Elliot Friedman said it on 32 thoughts that he thinks that there's at least an outside chance that, that Columbus will be wearing red and white and the wings will be wearing maize and blue, which, you know, that's, that's basically the team's swapping color palette. As a Michigan fan, I would be fine with it, but you don't really fuck with the iconic maze. You don't fuck with the iconic red and white winged wheel of the wings. So I don't this think there's it. a chance. It's, that it it's this. This is all it is. It's all it needs to be. You know what they could do, though? I want the old English D again. They could do like a block D like Michigan does the block M and the Blue Jackets could do their symbol kind of like Ohio State does theirs, but keep their colors. I think that I would be more like respectable. If you did a block D for the Red Wings, you did like a block D and you did Red Wings across the front or something. Do the flame helmet for the, the Red Wings. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> the wing I just, helmet? Yeah. I don't think they change the color schemes because I'm not sure there's been any other game, outdoor game, uh, whether that be Winter Classic Stadium Series, Heritage, where they've changed, they've deviated from the color scheme of the actual team. Outside of like cream. Like as an, a, a home jersey. Because or those a, were supposed to be like old style. Heritage style. Yeah. I, I think what's going to be great for the atmosphere is the, to your point there, Tyler, of Ohio State, Michigan. Because you're going to have casual Columbus fans, meaning Buckeyes, knowing that there's a team from Michigan coming to play at Ohio Stadium. And they're going to be out in force to cheer against them. Yeah. So it's going to be to an extent, a football-like atmosphere because you're going to have that rivalry of Ohio State and Michigan. Man, the Jackets might get a few new fans. One yeah. question I have, though, and I was talking to one of my friends about this, how many, what, like, what percentage of Ohio State fans do you think are more are Red Wings fans versus Blue Jackets fans? I bet you it's more than 50% of, of Ohio State fans are Wings fans. I don't think it's that much. I, be, I think that the Jackets have been around long enough. Wings so? A lot of folks have, they may have grown up as a Wings fan, but the Jackets turn into their team because that's where they're at, and it's an Ohio team, kind of in that sense. I mean, you could talk to a Pete, and when I was living down there, I had Jackets season tickets. I had a Jackets jersey. The Wings were in town. I didn't give a shit about any of that, and I had all my Wings gear on, and I upgraded my seats to make sure I was closer to when the Wings were scoring goals. (laughs) That's You know what? If I lived in a city like, say a Seattle or a Phoenix or what, you know, obviously we talk about the, them potentially losing their team, but just a city like that where hockey isn't like, I'm not saying Columbus, it's not like everything, but in Detroit, you know, it's, it's a culture. There's a, there's a, a foundation that has been laid for years and years and years. And it's not called hockey town for no reason where, you know, if you go to a Phoenix or you go to a Columbus or you go to a Florida, like when the team's not good, it's just not that important. So if I lived in a place like that, I would root Counter for those. Point teams. would be this year though. Columbus is actually, I think they had. I see that. A, what a nine or ten or eleven game streak shutout streak here recently. Like they are still putting butts in seats. Like this yeah. is what I was referring to, where the next season this could actually be a hell of a matchup if they're if Columbus especially is healthy 
And they've got some of their prospects taking that next step or their young guys taking the next step because there is talent. And ironically enough, as has been mentioned, a lot of it is from the University of Michigan. That puts another spin on this. Zach Wierenski and Ken Johnson and those guys and Fantilli. Like that puts a whole nother spin on this. Well, yeah, because you've got Dylan Larkin, JT Comper, Andrew Kopp. Mm -hmm. It's just an interesting and obviously no Ohio State players on either of the teams, which is kind of interesting. But hey, maybe there will be by by this year, this time next year. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it's a. I think it's a potential for, for them to knock it out of the park, to be honest. I, I think the Wings, obviously, are probably a better team next year, even though. But you, it's hard to tell. You never know. Look at Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to save Mo and Raymond contracts for next episode. And we got about 10 minutes. We're going to talk a little bit about the All-Star Game news. The All-Star Game was announced. It will be um, on the island. That's where they're going to have the All-Star Game. Uh, the New York Islanders are going to host in 2026-27. There will not be an all-star game until 2026-27 because they are doing the Four Nations tournament next season, and then they will have the Olympics. So they're taking a couple seasons off. And Elliot Friedman uh, was talking on 32 Thoughts about the all-star game and, and picking the Islanders, and he said a few people had asked me, what about Detroit? And he says he thinks Detroit is very much on the radar to host an all-star game but they are working on things in the area and do they wait until those things are finished? And I think all of us as Red Wings fans remember that when Little Caesars Arena was being built, Gary Bettman's like, yes, new arena. You guys are getting an all-star game. You guys are getting a draft. It's going to be amazing. And we're so far along that we've gotten neither. We've been very vocal about why can't we get it? it? Always the point has been brought up that it's we suck at having public transportation. We've got the queue line which is basically like a bus that has to stop for traffic. We've got the uh, people mover, which is either broken down. They're trying to add more stops to it, though, I guess. They're trying to expand the people mover, which I think the reason for that is they're probably trying to make it go down towards LCA and uh, Comerica Park and Ford Field in that area to get more people moving. Oh, instead of going just by and turning off at the Opera House there? Yeah, no pun intended to get people moving. But I don't buy Both I mean I buy it in I buy it in one sense that they're waiting for stuff to get finished because I could see they're waiting for stuff to get finished in the area for an all-star game, but not for a draft. Like Ryan, we had this conversation off uh, off air earlier about how the Lions are having the draft and they're using Hart Plaza and they're using Campus Martius as a way to do the draft. And the the NHL has basically announced they're going to that same kind of draft model. They're taking GMs out of the equation. Everything's going to be phoned in. It's going to be turned into more of a fan event. And why can't you do that in Detroit when you don't have to be at the arena to do it? I thought they were not doing that, though. I thought they were centralizing it just at the sphere. Or they, or no, they that's just, were just doing for a it. year, I think. It's going to move around, but GMs yeah. and teams aren't going to travel to it. I don't, I don't like that yeah, at all. A lot but of them are complaining. They, like, you're going to have the war room situations like you see with the NFL now, pretty much. Because a lot of them were saying, oh, they can hear our conversations that are going on. I'm like, well, yeah, no shit. Most teams know what you're doing at that point, but whatever. They also said that there's not really any reason for all of them to get together since they all know what they're doing anyways. And no real actual conversations happen on the draft floor. Like they can do all of that over the phone. If the actual plans finally come, they follow through with it and get that monstrosity of an open space next to LCA and actually make that a hotel like they're going to say. I think what there's going to be a little bit of retail space. 
an underground parking garage is that was that was what was part but of it, how long have we been waiting for this that's i, the whole I know thing. but they finally in the last several months put something out for that right there which they to me initially put something out for that but i don't know it's annoying it's it's complete bullshit the fact that they haven't been held to fire or start they're not the city's not finding them to be like hey you bought this land through well, they bought it and they funds. turned it into four hundred thousand parking lots is what they did hell half of them aren't, aren't even being used for parking no because there's too many parking lots and not enough cars or things going on parking lots we got down there that it wouldn't be 40 to 60 bucks a pop to sit somewhere yeah so i think that it's absolutely possible that the red wings could get a draft you could say the draft is in detroit and did they announce where the draft is next season 2025 has not been announced i don't think no so the 2025 NHL draft, there's no reason that couldn't be in Detroit. Like they could absolutely do that if they're doing the centralized draft thing where no one has to show up. I just think that it's, they have to start thinking about the wings. I think that's what they're going to have to start doing here pretty soon because like we'd said, like it's a team on the rise that there's going to be more attention, more eyes on the team. That's when you start putting events in that location. Yeah, it, and it started starts with an outdoor game. Then it starts with maybe the draft. It also starts with, if you look this year, that they had, I think, double the amount of national games this year as, the, as opposed to what they had last year. So there's a lot more eyes, attention already on the wings, and I think that it's just going to grow as the team gets better and better. Yeah, I agree. Um, before we sign off tonight, I want to say, if you guys could go to our YouTube channel, go ahead and hit subscribe over there. Uh, we're have a community tab too where we can have some discussions run polls make announcements uh, but we're going to be doing more stuff over on youtube especially as uh trade deadline comes up i took trade deadline off of work so that uh that day is blocked off for me i will be posting updates and graphics as i normally do but i won't also be worried at the same time about getting my work done as i'm trying to make all those graphics and post that stuff um, but I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off. And first, I'm going to start with... Uh, actually, I'm going to start with Tyler. Tyler, thank you for gracing us with your presence today. And I'm going to give you the uh, first shot at final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, and you're welcome, by the way. No, uh, final thoughts are... I, I just... I hope that th this doesn't... This this isn't a tease, I guess. I hope that this is this is a sign of things to come. And this team finally turning things around after, you know, beating Calgary and beating Seattle. Well, now you come home with Colorado, St. Louis, and then at Chicago on Sunday. A rivalry game. I know Chicago sucks, but it's a rivalry game. So, and St. Louis is a little bit of a rivalry game too. So, be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, you kind of look at uh, the season in, in five to ten increments, something like that, five to ten game increments. Hopefully, they can just, you know, find a way to just keep grabbing points whether it's an overtime loss um obviously wins are ideal but overtime loss shootout loss you'll take those too so uh as long as you're not blowing leads while doing it so what have we talked about win two lose one win two lose yep. one do that for the rest yep. of the season yeah exactly and and you know as long as that there's no losing streaks knock on what any big ones at that um you'll you'll be right in the race and uh i talk about you know national games they already they have two coming up they have st louis at home on saturday afternoon on abc and then they have march 2nd florida in lca 
which is a three o'clock game on ABC. So all eyes are on the Red Wings um, going forward here. So, but those are my final thoughts. You can follow me at, on Twitter at SealDog91 or X, I guess, if you want to call it that. No, you, you kind of took my thunder with the uh, don't lose multiple games in a row piece because that's what that's the point of the season where they're at. And the biggest thing, as long as they're keeping that goal diff in the green, that's going to go a long way for them competing for that final wild card. I think that Tampa is an injury away, maybe two from really seeing what they're made of. And if that happens and that kind of elevates us a little bit, then we got something to work with, but we really, as much as we want to revel in the fact that other teams are doing poorly or we're sticking with them, the onus comes down to what Detroit can or can't do into this final stretch. I shouldn't say final stretch. There's what, 25, 27 games left. So stay healthy. I think is the, the biggest one, but just keep going with, decent hockey i think that's what they've gotten to this point with such things in front of them on top of good enough goaltending if they can maintain that the sky's the limit and by sky i mean the playoffs so we'll see i really i've thought about changing my x handle to party ryan 33 only because (laughs) that was a comment and it's the funniest damn thing ever but uh yeah you can find me rd ryan rd ryan 33 Thanks for the enunciation, Ryan. Uh, Yeah, as Ryan mentioned, uh, we are doing a kind of listener survey. If you head over to our Twitter page, I have the link posted. I will repost it. Uh, I will. I've also dropped it in our YouTube channel community, so you can go there to find it, too. But just kind of like every year, I like to get feedback from the people who listen to us on how we can improve this show, because we're always looking for ways to improve the show and bring your guys's feedback in. We've gotten feedback, maybe be more articulate, maybe change your handle to party ryan 33 uh maybe tyler should show up on more shows that those are all feedback that we've gotten over the past couple of weeks when we put the survey out there so if you want to uh go ahead and answer the listener survey head over to our youtube channel at grindline pod it is in the community there's a docs link there where you can go and just click it it's all anonymous uh you're not going to be tracked i'm not stealing your email or anything we're just using the feedback to improve the show and what we're delivering to you guys, because you guys are the reason that we do this. Uh, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We have some big stuff, hopefully soon, coming up with Vintage Detroit, where I've submitted some stuff to them. We've had some feedback back and forth. You may see some Grindline Podcast products coming from Vintage Detroit. We're going to see how the, the conversation goes, but they like what I've sent to them, and we're just trying to get an agreement worked out. So you may see some merch from us in actual stores, and that'll be really cool. Uh, so go check them out. Uh, Vintage Detroit Collection. They're the only places you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on. And after we've seen what's happened with Fanatics and the MLB jerseys, God, go buy those Adidas jerseys so damn fast and hold on to them and then get them to put the letters and numbers on because it looks like it's going to be an absolute train wreck. It is absolutely terrible. I forgot uh, you can touch on that. Yeah, no. And it's something we can talk about whenever we start seeing NHL product because the MLB product is terrible. MLB uh, is like going to be fixing it apparently. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they're going to every be league should by it. you know getting rid of fanatics. Yeah, yep. well, the owner of fanatics is out partying with a bunch of people instead of worrying about customer service. Apparently, and the they actual have a sports quality. book now. What? Huh? Oh yeah, they got that they too. Have a sports book now. Yeah, that's Jesus great. Christ, they should probably get a uh, New Jersey manufacturer What's or quality happen? control is, is what they enough. need. Um, but you can find our products online uh, right now at redbubble.com by searching the grind line. And like I said, you can find us on YouTube, 
go to YouTube, search The Grind Line. All of our stuff is there. We post our episodes weekly, and we'll be posting stuff intermittently in between those episodes to bring people more content. That's another thing you guys have requested is just more content during the week, as well as stuff during trade deadline and free agency like we normally do. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Akitown.